0: People buy houses every day. No big deal to the bank. But buying my first home? That was a big deal to me. That's why I got my mortgage from DCU. They were with me every step of the way. I was able to get a great rate, and they'll service my loan for as long as I have it. Plus, they let me manage my mortgage online, anytime. My mortgage from DCU was the first step. And now? I'm home. What will DCU mean to you? Insured by NCUA and MLS number 466914. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Visit dcu.org. Worcester Culture
3: Watch.
0: A podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more.
2: Worcester Culture Watch. From the
1: Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello, and you're listening to Worcester Culture Watch on telegram.com and WorcesterMag.com and Unity Radio 97.9 FM here in beautiful Worcester, Massachusetts. My name is Victor Infante and I'm the entertainment editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette and the content editor for Worcester Magazine and something else, I'm sure. I I don't know. I'm just going to go down my business card someday. I don't have... They never gave me a business card.
0: Oh, that's okay. Who uses business cards?
1: I don't know. Every I've, once
0: in a while, someone asks me for a business card and I'm like,
1: uh... uh I always uh, feel no. like... like Business cards disappeared right before I entered a position where I would get a business card. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like right. the person in front of me always had a business card. And yeah. by the time I got there, it's always gone. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, here I'm in the studio with Bill Shainer, entertain- reporter for Worcester Magazine. How are you doing, Bill? Oh, I'm just fine today. Excellent. Excellent. Now, yes, I would like to note that we are now sharing this studio with the podcast produced by the Worcester Chamber of Commerce. Mm-hmm. And I'm furious with them because they sounded more professional than we did. And we do this every week.
0: Well, that, you know. <laughs> no, we... we. Professionals not like necessarily our strength.
1: It really is. I don't
0: think that that's. I don't think that that's where we're uh, where we're hitting any home runs. So Excellent. We well, should uh, we should lean into this, to other. I, I we
1: are going to lean into the fact that we are a shoddy ramshackle podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why Worcester loves us. Yeah, right. 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 Okay. I don't know for a fact that Worcester loves us, but somebody. Else I th- think
0: I us. I think there might be like four or five people in Worcester that love us. Uh, there
1: the, who. All all six listeners of Unity Radio love us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Sorry, Manny. No, we, know. You we know love we, you. Love you. we love you. You know we love you. That's how you show affection in Worcester. It's true. It's true. Yeah. This uh, this is what we're going to have to learn as new people live here. They're going to have to learn how we show affection. <laughs> yeah, and they're not going to like it. It's going to be. A, but we're going to think it's hilarious. So yeah. that's all right. Imagine that.
0: Is the beach that this project of gentrification washes up on where it's like everything is going well, except for the fact that people just cannot tolerate people from Worcester. (laughs) And so like the whole project falls apart for that reason.
1: Uh, You have this might be true.
0: (laughs) I I really wanted to gentrify Worcester until I met people from Worcester and I was like, no way I'm going to Lowell. But I know
1: we I know we had a plan and I'll get to that plan in a second. But like way back, the first time you and I were ever on a podcast together, yeah. like the old Worcester Mag podcast, right? When we came on to basically Rest rag abuse. on our friend uh, friends at WGBH, yes, we did. Um, Deservedly, I still think it was deserved. Yeah. It was deserved, but it was and it was hilarious. And we have we have we have since made friends with them. That's right, fine, right? Because we're we're those sort of people. Yeah. But I I, I always I, I said it that on that podcast that I wanted people to move here and become Worcester. I didn't want people to move here and us become Boston.
0: Right, right. And I feel like that everyone that's not from here doesn't – I don't know. They just expect to find their Boston experience for a little bit cheaper in Worcester. Yeah, and I think is, that's
1: going to be a surprise to them because I find Worcester in many ways is – is um, I think its personality is very resistant to change. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, yeah. I and I think that in the end is what's gonna save us as a city. Right, right. Because if they give in to being Worcester, yeah, they'll have a lot of fun.
0: Right right true
1: true <laughs> it's true. all right, but we're not here to talk about WGBH even though we are welcoming them to the community here
0: welcome WGBH welcome
1: the WGBH we will now mock you over beers <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can come
1: you can come come out to beers with us and we'll do this in person. yeah there we go. We have done this already with you guys <laughs> All right but um, on the cover of Worcester magazine today of grief and Star Wars, the death of music promoter Barry Dennis at the end of a movie and the emotions they provoke, um, that's my story, and I will concede it is probably the strangest thing we have ever put on the cover of yeah, Worcester Magazine. I, uh,
0: I like this story so much, I shared it on my personal Facebook page, and Thank I called you. it as such. I think that if you did a week-by-week review of the 40-year history of Worcester Magazine, find a stranger piece of journalism than this. I I,
1: I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I appreciate <laughs> no, that. That
0: said, it is really—I uh, was compelled the entire time reading it, and I think that uh, it, it says— it says a lot uh without trying to Worcester mm, uh, and uh, a lot of interesting observations and I like the idea of thinking about uh stories as being like stories are always there they're always going to be there and, and the the piece it doesn't really matter what the story is uh it there's going to be something to fill that story void and that's why people get so like sort of upset angry and passionate about
1: these big franchises yeah and it's it's there's something immersive about it uh, uh, immersive about a story now Star Wars stars Wars is like I am the exact right age for Star Wars to have been this influential force in my life right um, I was a kid when it came out the first time I was an adult when I was disappointed by a young adult when I was a disappointed by it in the second trilogy and as a 47 year old I'm like oh this new one's fine yeah great right, right, right. <laughs> I'm enjoying myself I like that Ray character she's great you know I just yeah. like yeah it's okay fine sure <laughs> You know that's
0: so funny because just thinking about like uh like the it really is the kind of franchise where it's like for people who are into it which is a lot of people it's like you can define periods of your life by it mm-hmm. cuz I remember when the Phantom Menace came out I was like 10 Okay. And I had the N64 Pod Racing video game. Oh, I remember and that. And I loved it. I loved The Phantom Menace. I would even I would put The Phantom Menace up there as one of my favorite Star Wars movies. A lot still. of uh,
1: and that is true for a lot of people like your age yeah
0: cohort. Because it, it like the the nostalgia factor is something I think a lot of people when they want to do rankings, I think they can be like objective and take the nostalgia factor out. But I mean, no, don't do that. The nostalgia factor is such an important part of why you consume media and why you think about it and why it lingers with you so uh that's definitely like my most nostalgic i watched it the other day actually because i just got disney plus awesome and i was watching it and i was like this movie is objectively bad but i love it like there are a lot of movies i
1: feel like that (laughs) jar
0: jar binks was cracking me up uh the young anakin is like the perfect uh like sort of relatable character for a little kid because mm. it's like every every little kid wants to be like super good at something and being so good at that thing gets them like this cool opportunity. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like every kid's little, little kid's dream. So uh I, I love that movie. And but- it's so it's, it was so funny to read that you were just like bummed by it like when you went to see it you were like (laughs) and
1: i and i think a lot of it i would have been what mid-20s i think at that point mid to late 20s when that came out yeah yeah which is where i think i was at the right age to be bummed by that yeah because it is such a it's like and i didn't recognize it yet that oh i'm relating part of my own aging and sense of mortality into this story without even realizing it right right I don't think it could have won with me.
0: <laughs> right. You had no, you were doomed from the start. Yeah. As
1: soon as you walked in the theater. And I was excited. I yeah. mean, like I said, it's the last time I s- waited in a long line to get tickets and get seats because you don't do that anymore. You move, you, you buy them online and you've got right. your seat ready and you, just, you choose your seat now. And yeah. at least I do. I pay for the extra ones because yeah. if I'm going to sit for three hours at my age in a movie theater, I'm going to get the comfy seats where I can put my seat, feet up and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's like, yeah, I am, I am, I, Millberry Cinema Deluxe, you, uh, you own me. <laughs> um, it's true. For all like four movies I see a year. You to go to the a,
0: uh, AMC in Framingham? That's the dine in. Is AMC it? AMC Diamond in Framingham.
1: Is that good? Oh, it's so good. Oh, okay. Way better
0: chairs. Oh, well, there we and are. And you can drink beer.
1: Oh, I like that. That's what I like about, you know, other, you know, the Elm Park, Elm Theater. Yeah, you can right. Do that. But yeah, so but you know it's like I also like if I'm gonna see a movie, it's gonna be a big blockbuster just opening with, you right. know, big HD screens. But yeah, so the it's very str- I know this was a very odd tact. To balance that with the death of movie promoter Barry Dennis, whom right. I knew very right. well. Um, and I was really became because they were at one point they were two separate stories. I was kind of fumbling with yeah until I realized both of them I was writing about the same things, which is endings. Right. And how we react to them. And that made everything kind of crystallize in my head how it happens.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, Not to gas you up or anything. Please. I'm going to read one passage that I really like. Oh, by all means. Uh, We respond emotionally to these stories ending because they mean something, because they reflect something in our lives the way art should. Uh, But it is, in truth, a low stakes catharsis. There is always more where that came from. That's not true with people. Our stories are brief and fragile, and they touch many people beyond ourselves, sometimes invisibly. Thank so a very you. Very nice sentence.
1: Thank you very yeah, much.
0: I like that a lot. I th- and I think that that is really like sort of the central theme of this piece, which is such a weird point to be making in Worcester Magazine. It is. But I really like it. I, I thought it was great. And it, uh, it was a, uh, a Barry Dennis who I didn't know I'm sure would be so pumped. To. I have talked
1: to many of his friends, and the yeah. same uh, friends this morning, and i they they seem they have seemed pleased. So yeah, I'm happy with that. It's,
0: I, I think that he would. This is about the best sort of. It's not an obituary. It is but not an obituary. It is better in some senses, I think, than than just a straight uh, straight obituary.
1: I, so. I I hope so. I hope so. It's, it's so funny, and it's it is odd because we talked We were talking in a staff meeting earlier about um, journalism in Worcester. Yeah. And one of the things I that's always been in the current environment is that most journalism in Worcester is not very brave. Right. It's I think that's yeah, <laughs> fair. Yeah. It's, it's these are the facts, ma'am. Let's move on quick. Right, right. And I, there's a place for that. I am all for you know, fact-based reporting and quick and clean and I would like that to not be everything, yeah,
0: I mean by volume, most journalism in Worcester is about uh like poor and or desperate people doing stupid things, mm-hmm. uh so <laughs> take
1: that for what you want or buildings opening <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> right um and uh and we have at Worcester magazine under our current aegis, a chance an op the room to do things that are different, right, which is the thing I want to keep pushing for <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i we've. It's like I was thinking about that yesterday is that I use the term uh, office spacing a lot. I I don't want to explain it, uh, actually, but uh, not not on the podcast. But we Uh, sort of uh, we sort of just like fell into a very good situation with Worcester magazine.
1: I think so. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it, it, you know, I won't I don't I won't undercut the amount of trauma that it took to get here. But, yeah, but yeah, I but I think I have. Been, uh, what I ha- can say is I have been very happy with with our immediate editors' support on this yeah. process. So I, I I am willing. I am glad that we work for people. Yeah, that are willing to take risks. Right, right. And I think that's that's. I think that's that is good. Taking
0: uh, being able being able to work for a publication that is willing to and has taken like the the probably the biggest risks in Worcester media in terms of uh, actual content of stories um, is really fun I love it yeah. and, and
1: I and, and we I, gotta
0: we gotta just use our opportunity to get weirder it, and weirder
1: let's this do it. It, it, this is the this is the journalism environment that we live in now there right. might not be a tomorrow
0: yeah exactly
1: so we so gotta get it all out let's make everyone everyone <laughs> our best just keep moving yeah. keep making you know push 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 and you know, I want somebody to read this Worcester magazine and feel something. Yeah, right. I think you can go a long way reading most mainstream papers and new papers by including news, online news sites, and not feel much. Right. And I, that's a concern.
0: Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, I think, that, uh, I think that, is, that is very accurate.
1: Yeah. And I would like to feel something more than rage at Trump.
0: <laughs> yeah right isn't wouldn't that be great
1: yeah yeah i want to feel like a human being again when i read these things yeah so if
0: i'm, you I'm not a worcester magazine you will not well no that's not true you you will get a lot less
1: trump than you will get
0: less trump. anywhere else we
1: have we're not trump free we still have James harvey right
0: And <laughs> actually in the brief stint where i was uh the quasi editor I tried to put a a no Trump moratorium on and it didn't work. It didn't work. No,
1: I I think Janice, Janice has at least uh, come around to the idea that we've been, that when she's putting, filtering everything through the lens of Worcester, it's yeah. Stronger, uh, yeah, right, right. And she, you know, and she's been doing more of that. I mean, pretty much most everything she's done since we've I've been involved has yeah. been that. But, right. but the Trump is going to come out mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know he has that effect on everybody. Yeah, yep. you ha- he does not endear um, mild feelings. He, Very few people are indifferent. <laughs>
0: he's just smoothing the collective brain of America. Indeed, we're going to be streamlined, Wally society, smooth brain, hating on Trump.
1: Oh yeah, love it. Know what the opposite of national politics is? What writing about s- shoveling sidewalks?
0: Yes, that, that's that's the this is the kind of stuff I live for. This is what I wrote about this week, and it is small, seemingly insignificant, towny issues that get people really fired up.
1: Oh my god, I cannot believe how often that's been shared on people Facebook. People get so it's amazing
0: fired up about this issue because it is the perfect blend, I think. Uh, of having a reason to be mad at your neighbor, which in Worcester is very important. Everyone, everyone <laughs> For those ha- of you moving here from Boston, <laughs> yeah.
1: being having a reason to be mad at your neighbor is yeah. very Worcester.
0: Because uh, I have another job that I walk to, and I am personally, passionately, just I get so angry about this. Uh, every other house, they don't shovel their walks, and uh, day one, it's fine. Day two it's almost ice day three it's pure ice and as people have stepped over it, it's all trampled down and stuff. And so you're walking on like this sheet of ice full of divots. Mm -hmm. And even if you're wearing really good boots, like I got to get like yak tracks to, to, to get around. And, um, uh, I think a lot of people who walk in Worcester for whatever reason, uh, experience a similar thing where it's just like the, the concern of a, of a walking person is just, uh, you know, you walk past perfectly cleared driveways, perfectly cleared roads. Well, not in Worcester. I mean, you yeah. somewhat somewhat well cleared roads, somewhat p- well compared cut. to sidewalks. And then the sidewalk is just a disaster. It's scattershot. It's honestly. See, I'm getting I'm getting Tony fired up about this. Good, we, good. We, we have all of this public infrastructure to plow roads, but we weirdly in Massachusetts. Leave it up to the property owner to do the sidewalks, even though that's a public way like w- uh, why why yeah. but um yeah so the the gist of the story is that there's a a new group called pedestrians of Worcester that did a little bit of uh data analysis on how many uh complaints there were of unshoveled sidewalks and uh, how many were enforced and it's like one out of one out of three basically is what it comes down to it, there's more Data in the story. Um, But uh, so they're calling for more enforcement to sort of like get on these landlords because it is mostly, at least in my neighborhood, which is a a renting neighborhood, uh, it's just obviously like a landlord who just does not care. Mm. Uh, And that's the reason why it doesn't get shoveled. Yeah. Uh, And the fine's only $75 a day. Um, So even if you get fined and the police have fined 125 125 people this year, um, it's for a landlord that's not it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so so this is uh you got to get fired up. Uh I don't know what I mean it's not my place to know but I have no idea how you could possibly fix this. It's just kind of a mess. Uh but you know, if you want to go walking in Worcester anytime in the winter, you just bring ski poles.
1: Oh, I oh, I what I'm going to miss is I had a neighbor um who loved to shovel.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Brazilian family lived next door to us and he loved to shovel.
0: My dad is a little bit like that.
1: And yeah, and I so don't he would do it. our in front of our house, he would help me with the driveway, he'd do the other side of his house. Wow. I mean like he was great. He he's like I see this, this I'm watch, watching TV inside <laughs> and I'm yeah. like I'm like, yeah, okay, because I like I'm like sitting there staring at my watch every five minutes while I'm shoveling having to be somewhere. Yeah, right, right, right. And, you know, I hate doing it. I'm from Southern California. Yeah, right. I I mean, he's from Brazil, so he's got, you know, you know, I have no excuse. Maybe the snow is novel
0: for him. And whereas you don't have that same tact. Yeah, maybe. I don't
1: know what it is, because the first time the first day I moved here, I've moved here twice from California. The first time I moved here from California was December 1st, 1996. Uh-huh. And I could not walk. <laughs> I literally did not know how to walk. I'm like, I was staying with uh, uh, I had I moved in with my girlfriend in Shrewsbury, then girlfriend, now wife. And I, we like the first day, we went to go visit friends in Vernon Hill. Mm-hmm. And I fell on my butt like three times walking <laughs> from the car to their house. Nice. Could not do it, <laughs> so yeah. I do not have a love of winter at all, being and, and shuffling in snow or any of it. I don't know where it comes from.
0: Yeah, well, I, I don't mind the winter, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, but, but you know, this is an issue. You got to shovel your walk. It your is the landlord doesn't shovel your house, you can report them online. It's there's true, a, there's a link in the story. It's true, uh, you can report them and you should narc on your landlord
1: there we go so narc on your landlord this is also a very wister
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right on that note i think we're going to take a short break you are listen break this is my silent bravery
3: she's an original og gangster born in summer of 22 Fell in love with a first-class soldier Who was heading for World War II She didn't want to say goodbye But she knew that it was time Gave him one last kiss for freedom Baby, do what you got to do In the blizzard of 67 She was dancing all through the streets Fought the fires across the mystic Up in Chelsea in 73 and the smoke filled the sky But she didn't even cry She was singing the sounds of silence She was rolling into the deep Always thought there would be enough time Waiting here in the funeral line Hope I don't see regret in your eyes From how you lived your life I'm holding out, I'm holding out for hope And nothing's sucking this lonely field it's stirring up my soul Was a dreamer from the start But the Lenin assassination Took a little piece of her heart And when the stock market crashed She bought a pink Cadillac i Holding I'm holding out for hope. I'm holding out, I'm holding out for hope. Holding out, I'm holding out for hope. And nothing's sudden. This lonely feeling is stirring up my soul. My heart is hurting, go of
1: We're back. You have been listening to Holding On for Hope by My Silent Bravery. Now, My Silent Bravery, a Worcester band affronted by Matthew Wade, um, is on tour at the moment in Europe. They've left today, actually. But um, not only does My Silent Bravery have a new album out this week, which I reviewed last week in Worcester magazine, it's it's also had a single on last night's episode of... um, Criminal Minds. (laughs) So one of the singles off the albums appeared on that show. Um, So they're having a good time of it. And speaking of screens and Wisterites on screens, or behind screens, as it were, I am now joined in the studio by entertainment reporter Richard Duckett. Hi, Richard. Hello, Victor. Hello, and you've got a wonderful story about peace, love, and understanding of sorts.
2: Yes, well... It's been over 50 years since uh, Woodstock um, captivated the (laughs) nation in August 1969 um, with three days of peace and music and love. And And acid. an acid and mud, <laughs> um, but the, sp- the spirit, the spirit lives on. Um, and locally, uh, Cyril Vincent, uh, who's a Worcester filmmaker, um, has been putting together a documentary on Woodstock. Um, he hasn't finished it yet, but he's going to offer a screening at the Worcester Pop Up on January twenty fifth. Uh, the event is free, um, and your opinions will be welcome. I well,
1: I what well, I actually like that whole idea of like a pre-screening you know preview of you know, the work in progress which is always odd but uh, I'm glad to see um Cyril Vincent seems took kind of an unconventional route to get to the Woodstock <laughs> documentary there didn't he
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he's originally from the uh, Central African Republic. He's lived here for um, about three and a half years. He owns a multimedia studio in Worcester, which um, specializes in uh, media media content and offers uh, immigrants um, an opportunity to learn the art of um, making content and connecting on digital platforms. And um, he loves music and uh, he's 30. So he's 20 years too young, for for, (laughs) at least for Woodstock. But uh, he sort of, like many of us, wishes that he'd been there. And and so he, along with um, collaborator Lauren Preston, Went down to Woodstock um, in 2018, in fact. Um, there's a yearly gathering there on um, – uh, there's a Woodstock Museum in Bethelwood, New York. Mm-hmm. And um, and the farm, Max Yasgers farm is still not owned by Max Yazger anymore, but it's still open for camping. And um, once a year – Woodstock devotees um, go down there for a reunion. It's a reunion for some, it's the first time for others, and, um, and um, Cyril um, saw that there were about 5,000 people camping there uh, during the course of the reunion, um, and he interviewed a lot of them, and um, came up with some interesting interviews and uh, footage, and an answer to the question of uh, does spirit still exist uh, seems to be that it does exist well, down and there. That's good to, he- that's good to hear
1: because it attempts to reboot the festival have not worked.
2: Well, no, no, <laughs> That's become uh, a big, that was um, a big commercial disaster last year. Yeah, uh, um, but um, the sort of the, the whole. Uh, Woodstock 50 years ago sort of more or less emerged spontaneously, and um, I think going down and camping out once a year is more of a spontaneous act. I Uh, think so. It's certainly innocent anyway, and um, and, um, the people – he ran into were, were very nice, friendly. Offered him food. Um, um, as he said, you don't really see that spirit everywhere else. So no. it's nice to know that it's it's around somewhere. Well, oh,
1: good. It's not, and I'm am really excited about this video, this um, documentary, and I hope it. I hope we get a full length version sometime in the near future. Um, that's not the only film-related subject on our horizon, no, though, is it? No,
2: We've got um, we've got quite a mix of uh, local film news and um, goings <laughs> on. Um, one name movie that's uh, out at the moment and um, getting a lot of attention is um, Martin Scorsese's *The Irishman*. Indeed, and uh, the movie um, is, is about three and a half hours long, and it has. Um, since it tells the story of the Jimmy Hoffa and uh, and, um, and, uh, and a and a mobster um, driver named Frank Sheeran, um, th- those three and a half hours are peppered with quite a few action sequences, shootouts, violence, and Indeed. that sort of thing. And Jim Ford, who's originally from West Boylston, he has a role. Um, as a stuntman, uh, playing a court officer uh, who has to step into a melee that breaks out in a courtroom when Jimmy Hoffa, um, who's being who's played by Al Pacino, is before a judge. A big fight breaks out, and uh, the courtroom officer has to dive in there and um, and pull him out. And uh, so, um, it's a short scene, but uh, pretty impressive. And. Uh, Anyway, I've got a story about uh, Jim Ford's, uh, what he's been up to, uh, upcoming in uh, the Sunday Act. Excellent. And uh, interesting detail was um, the the, 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 uh, attention to detail that Martin Scorsese uh, takes, even to casting a relatively small role like that. Um, Jim Ford was saying that around 10 or so one night, he started to get some text messages. Um, One was, um, what's your hair like? Uh, (laughs) Then he was asked to send a selfie. Then he was asked if he could shave and send a selfie back. Could he comb his hair, send a selfie back? Uh, Would you mind putting on a suit? So he was putting on a suit around midnight. midnight. (laughs) And and, uh, these were all texts from an assistant to Martin Scorsese, who um, was considering the look um before he uh, cast even that role so wow that's a lot of detail for what is basically a bit part bit part but but you know they're all but, import- they're uh, all important that, um, that and
1: that is why martin mm-hmm. scorsese is martin scorsese because i i i would not be that filmmaker i would <laughs> i i would run a film like i run this podcast and it would be completely shoddy <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: well, we've seen when uh, films are being shot here locally, the attention to detail. It is that, amazing uh, that uh, that they take. Um, uh, I think uh, some of us have um, sat out on sets where uh, uh, it's it's mind boggling the weight that goes on in between takes.
1: Just a little thing like Matthew McConaughey walking across the Clark campus for one shot.
2: Yes, yes, that's you right. Know, gets yeah. done.
1: Several versions of it, some of which have Craig Seaman, our Telegram reporter Craig Seaman, in them. Yes, right. <laughs> until he was refuted, until he was removed. But um, but yeah, it's um, we, you know, there's been more and more shooting around here, and I don't even know if we've paid much attention to things like um, that much as much of attention as we should to things like Little Women being shot up in Lancaster or um, the second season of um. Castle Castle Rock, which was shot up in you know Orange area, and Harvard and um, Clinton. And yeah.
2: Well, we've uh, there's certainly been a lot going on, um, which we've noted, um, and hopefully um, it will continue with the Massachusetts film tax credit, which uh, is always seems to come up for a discussion every year.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's the it is the um, stone on which film locations are <laughs> crashed or made. So what else? We've got something.
2: So, uh, so meanwhile, um, Worcester has its movie fans, and um, one event um, that has become part of, a uh, big part of the annual calendar is uh, the Central Mass International Jewish Film Festival. Indeed. It gets, gets underway for its 13th season um, from January 17th to the 28th. Um, another, it, it, it's... Been um, a festival that has had a great lineup over the over the last few years of uh, really interesting films, a lot of them from Israel, where uh, filmmaking uh, is really uh, undergoing a sort of renaissance. Um, uh, or birth or rebirth or whatever we want to call it, but, I mean, uh, some great films have been coming out of Israel, really intelligent, uh, heart-rending dramas and some some very good satirical comedy, too. So the film festival gets underway with um, an encore showing of a documentary about Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, That'll be um, January 17th for the Worcester Senior Center. Then there's a satire called Tel Aviv on Fire, which is about uh, uh, a writer for a popular uh, Palestinian soap opera. (laughs) And um, then uh, Crescendo, which is about a conductor who tries to um, uh, take over an orchestra that consists of um, Jewish and Palestinian musicians. Um, There's The Keeper on January 25th, which... I may, may be one of the few people who's, who've heard of Bert Troutman. Uh, he was a um, Manchester goalkeeper for Manchester City. Oh. And, uh, uh, English soccer team. And uh, any schoolboy my age would know that... Um, when he was playing in the FA Cup final, he, he dove to the feet of a player, grabbed the ball, uh, hurt his neck, but played on. And after the game was over, it was turned out that he'd broken his neck.
1: Oh,
2: um, so,
1: oh my so, God.
2: So, actually... Um, There's a lot more to Bert Troutman than that. He was a former German um, paratrooper who was a prisoner of war uh, in England, and after the war was over, declined an opportunity to return to Germany and stayed in England, became a famous soccer star.
1: What an interesting life.
2: (laughs) And... um, the festival also includes Fiddler, A Miracle of Miracles, and, uh, which is a documentary about the making of, uh, Fiddler, of the Roof, Fiddler on the Roof in 1964, uh, which apparently has a lot of uh, archival footage and interviews, and some of the people who are involved are still around. Um, so I'm going to be talking, hopefully, to the producer and co-writer of that documentary, so we'll be having uh, an upcoming story
1: on I'm looking that. forward to reading yeah, that. That's um, always exciting. That's always a, such a good festival.
2: And on a related note, um, there's a movie that just opened. Uh, it's on limited release now in Los Angeles and uh, New York City. Fingers crossed that it comes here. The, uh, these films don't, art films don't always uh, make it here first time. But um, it's called The Song of Names. Uh, it's based on a award winning two thousand and one novel. Um, it's about a, a young violin prodigy who's put in s- from. He's a Polish Jew who's put in safekeeping in London just before World War Two. And he grows up in the household with uh, Martin, uh, who's non-Jewish, but the two become friends. Then in 1951, a few years after the war, um, uh, the, the prodigy, now now a young man, is set to give a concert in London, his violin uh, solo performance. Uh, and he never shows up and disappears. And what happened to him? Well, um... I don't want to give anything away, but uh, there is uh, a pivotal scene um, in which a rabbi um, chancel sings the names of a community of Jews who were killed in the Holocaust. Mm. Uh, The the chant is memorized as a mournful, quote, song. So that is the Song of Songs. And and the rabbi um, is played by Daniel Mutlu. I hope I've pronounced his name right. Mutlu Mutlu, who um, is a cantor. He grew up in Worcester. He was a student cantor at Temple Emmanuel, which is now Temple Sinai. Um... But he but he grew up here um, uh, now a cantor in New York City and he has this pivotal role in the movie it's only about three minutes but um, it's it, it's it's a role in which the whole movie is hinged
1: it sounds like an incredibly powerful scene
2: yes yes so um, I spoke I spoke with him and um, we had a good chat and that will be a, an upcoming story and I um, Hopefully the, the film will uh, show up here.
1: Well, uh, we're going to put subliminal messages out to Cinema Wister and Showcase North and all of these palaces that are will bring art films here. Please, you know, yes. do some nudging out there. Bring this out there. There's a local connection. It's going to be popular. You know it. You know it. Anyways, that sounds like we've got a lot of film to look forward to as winter rolls around. So that that's something that's exciting. That's something to look forward to and. I think that means it's about time for us to wrap this up. You have been listening to Worcester culture watch as always. Our music was composed by DJ manipulator. We'll be back next week. See you then.